welcome to Let Me Know How It Is, a pop culture podcast about TV, movies, comics, and all things geek. To celebrate 20 years of awesome, we're looking back at Samurai Jack. I'm Zach Slater. I'm Frank Melman. This is Tommy Smithereens. And I'm Clifton. So, this month, the acclaimed animated series Samurai Jack turns 20. Premiering in 2001 on Cartoon Network, Samurai Jack follows the story of a noble samurai prince who was transported into a dystopian future by a shape-shifting demon archenemist Aku who is now the ruler of the world. Armed with his enchanted katana, Jack, as the samurai would go on to become, tries to desperately find a way back home to his own time so that he could defeat Aku once and for all and undo the future that is Aku. The show is created by Gendy Tartakovsky of Dexter's Laboratory and is really known for its art house style and sensibilities, eventually winning eight Emmys total. The series ran for 52 episodes ending in 2004, but a revival of the fifth season in 2017 aired on Adult Swim. So let's get into it. Samurai Jack turns 20. What do we like about Samurai Jack? What, what struck us? First impressions. The look for sure. Okay. I would definitely say the overall look of, you know, backgrounds, characters, backgrounds, especially backgrounds always are the thing that I always notice first about Samurai Jack. Mm-hmm. Just how, you know, how different and then also how gorgeous they usually are. Right. Who was right. the, the often background artist? Scott Wills. Scott Wills, yeah. Yeah, excellent artist. You can yeah. you can find some old videos online of him actually painting some of his background art that he's done for other stuff. Mm. And it's fascinating on YouTube just watching him work. Yeah. Okay. I have to check that out. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, yeah. we'll post those because uh, I, I love watching these. I love mm-hmm. watching it. It's like, you know, he's not talking. It's right. not even doing like commentary. It's just literally the camera just on a piece of paper mm. and he's, <laughs> he's painting. He's painted okay. a background based off of a drawing, but like, you know, yeah, like a sketch concept. Yeah. He's, he's fantastic. Um, so, okay. So Frank, let me ask you, since you started us off, when, when was the first time you saw Samurai Jack? How did you get into it? I watched from the beginning. I, w- I remember watching the like cartoon network was showing the commercials for it. Mm-hmm. And I remember, you know, not knowing too much about it. Like I knew who Gendy was um, from, I'm trying to think what was earlier than Samurai Jack. Dexter's Laboratory. Yeah, Dexter's that's Lab. where it would yeah. be. It would be Dexter's Laboratory. So I knew like I knew him from that and I really, you know, enjoyed Dexter's Laboratory. So I was like, well, I'll give this a shot too. And again, it was one of the things where I'm trying to remember if the commercials it just basically gave you the premise. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and mm-hmm. the idea of a time traveling samurai sounded phenomenally cool. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. You know, the whole fish out of water and then time travel and then, you know, the fact that I mean just the idea of the, 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 just the, like I said, the, the whole idea that he's out of his own time, but still fighting the same thing that he was fighting in his own time. Right. Mm-hmm. Is always a cool idea for me. I always like that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, and again, it, this, the, the visuals were like from, you know, the quick cuts of the visuals from the, the episodes was always, you know, that drew me into. Okay. All right. So you were in right from the start. Tommy, what about you? Did I, I assume you watched it pretty early on too, right? Yeah. I was there when it debuted as a, uh, um, I won't say hour long, but it was a little bit longer than an hour because I think it was the first three episodes. Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. But what really drew me in is at the time, it was the most, it was the cartoon that had the most anime elements in it. Mm. Like, um, I've never seen a cartoon that have that much action, like what anime displays on a regular basis. Mm. Well, then I'm going to stop watching it now because... <laughs> you just ruined it for Frank. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't right. like I, anime. I, I, I no, I'm kidding. Go ahead. Yeah, but no, that's what drew me in is because just the cutscenes alone in which you would advertise it 
what he does, what he did, the stylishness of it, and the whole samurai aspect of it. It it drew me into a uh, that sort of uh, I guess action mm. variety show or whatever. Clifton, what about you? I was there for the pilot premiere. I watched the like I remember the like probably a Saturday night that they had hyped doing the the first three episodes, but. Then I didn't watch the rest of it for a long, long time. I was traveling like right after it. I was out of the country for a while. So like I just like I saw the beginning and then I didn't get into it. And then I came back and just didn't get into it until I didn't catch up until a long, long time later. But I have seen all of it at this point. Okay. Now. But I do remember the pilot. Um, and I do remember being taken by like how little dialogue and how much uh, there was action and pantomime, like, right. I, like, like just kind of silent filmish almost in, in, in many ways of how they would just convey story without dialogue. I do remember being taken by that early on, which was a stark, stark difference from everything Gendy was known for before that, mm-hmm. because I mean, yeah. obviously Dexter's laboratory he cre- uh, created, but I mean, he had worked on Two Stupid Dogs, which is an early, early, like, Cartoon Network. I don't know if it was Cartoon Network original, but that is the first place I saw it when Cartoon Network first formed. Uh, and it's a very, like, silly, chatty show. But I did like right. it. It did crack me up <laughs> when it was on. He directed a lot of um, Powerpuff Girls. Right. Too. Yeah. When, when, when that was going strong. Right. Um, before all this, because a lot of those guys, those all came, they came out of like Cal Arts, like a lot of like the Johnny Bravo guy mm-hmm. and Craig McCracken, who did um, Powerpuff Girls. And like they all went to school together, is my understanding. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. Johnny Bravo was uh, Van Partable. Yeah, if I remember right. And so, like, it, it sounds like I, I think that they all just got kind of like snatched up by Cartoon Network, like, like right around the same time with, with like, what do you got? What do you got as far as like new shows mm-hmm. when Cartoon Network was really starting? To, to push a lot of original programming and stuff like that. So, yeah, so he, he was, he was way into, into comedy early on. Uh, and it shows, it shows in Samurai Jack still. Right. Yeah. It, there's, mm-hmm. there's humor to it and everything. I, I'm, I was late to the party on this. I was, um, I wasn't watching a whole lot of Cartoon Network at the time when this was running. So I, I don't even have any memory of commercials for it or anything. It was just sort of like the show that I had heard about here and there mm-hmm. like like you know i i would know people that were into it right. obviously um and it would just kind of come up i think my brother really was the first person to kind of intrigue me by it because he just caught it one time and he's like man that th- that's like an episode of that show is like going to school for cinematography <laughs> yeah and i was like oh that, I'm like that's an interesting thing to say for a cartoon network right. <laughs> like cartoon um and then so so but i'll tell this story so this is when i when i got into it um I was home like one Saturday night. It was pouring down rain. There was nothing going on. Like everybody, all my friends were just kind of like in for the night. Like, you know, and um, this was like season four. This was when uh, right when Samurai Jack had won the Emmys. Right. Mm-hmm. And Star Wars Clone Wars, the 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 other show that Gendy Tartakovsky had gone off to, to do, had also won Emmy Awards. And so they were like Cartoon Network to kind of celebrate the whole night was kind of doing like, like an episode of Jack and then a half hour of Clone Wars and an episode of Jack and then a half hour of Clone Wars. And I like, I just kind of caught like nothing on TV. I'm flipping through and I just caught like a, a fight on Cartoon Network. It was, it was, it was one of the birth of evil episodes. I want to say, mm-hmm. 
And I was like, what is this? Oh man. And I just like sat down and, and checked it out. And then star Wars came on and I love that. And then, and then Samurai Jack came on after that. And I was like, and then like, I just sat the whole night, like just, <laughs> just getting Gendy Tartakovsky stuff just thrown at me. You know, I'm just like, this stuff's amazing. Right. Like, it's kind of funny. They give you like a little tiny piece of Samurai Jack and then like all of Clone Wars because that's only like what two yeah. hours total. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I, I think I, I think I missed like the first five episodes of it because oh, yeah. I caught it like I caught it sort of like staggered. Yeah. But uh, I mean, and then when I got in, I was hooked. I mean, I was I was really hooked. I went, I don't remember when the DVD came out, but it was in pretty close proximity to that. And I remember I remember buying the first season DVD and the last samurai, the, the Tom Cruise movie the same day because <laughs> yes. they came out the same day. I remember. And I bought them both. Which one's better. Uh, <laughs> oh, don't make, don't make, <laughs> don't make, you don't choose, make me choose. Uh, I love them both. But <laughs> did you get a speeding ticket? <laughs> no, 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 no. I did not get a speeding ticket. Not this time. You weren't that but excited no. about them. No, no. Well, they didn't have speed cameras at that point. Yeah. Ah, okay. I, I would have otherwise. But yeah, so I'm with you guys too. I mean, the the, th- the it was, you know, the lack of dialogue right. is always one of the things that jumps out at at people. And then and then there's just the thing that caught me was like all the split screening, right? Which I thought was fun. Yeah, I was thinking about this because I, I went back and watched some again to prepare, and and like that was always it was a it was a daring stylistic choice at the time, not just the split screening, but also going for like the 169 or like the 181 like the super letterbox aspect ratio they'd go to a lot uh and just intercut different aspect ratios for different scenes and now it's funny cuz it looks like like the the 43 <laughs> looks like it's the stylistic choice right just because we're so used to the letterbox now like everything's letterbox now but back then it was not it was the opposite right everything was the normal stuff was supposed to be the 43 stuff and in the like daring stuff was supposed to be the letterboxed widescreen stuff that did crack me up when I went back to watch stuff. Cause like, it's totally flipped. <laughs> like now we're used yeah. to this one and not, and there's nothing special about that, but just the fact that they did, that they did. Um, I mean, it was a lot of, I guess, seventies kind of like, um, like Kung Fu film, I think is what mm-hmm. we were trying to emulate a little bit with the uh with the split screening like going for some of the like 70s film techniques and stuff yeah i remember somewhere it might have been a commentary on that first uh, the first dvd or something like that he brought up 70s cinema a lot Mm -hmm. like i want i want to say like the young the longest yard okay was one of the ones he brought up and which you know i'd I'd only seen the adam sandler (laughs) (laughs) longest yard i'd I'd not seen seen the The reynolds Reynolds one one. but (laughs) my assumption was that like that must be what he's talking about as far as like all the split screening and stuff like right. that. Like, like it could be. You know. It's a very seventies aesthetic. Yeah. Well, he went on record at one point saying that he wanted to make it like Kung Fu. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like the, like the TV show Kung Fu, the, like the David Carradine show. Yeah. The okay. David Carradine show. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Wandering the, wandering the earth, like exactly. Kane and Kung Fu. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That makes perfect sense. I could see that getting adventures all at the same time. Cause it does that a lot. Yeah. Now that you say that, of course it does that. Cause there's a lot of like, callbacks to stuff that he's learned before in episodes that basically help him in the present day situation right yeah and then the yeah. long scenes in which you see the landscape with the mm-hmm. sunrise and the setting behind the character as he walks into um focus yeah, yeah. that's totally yeah. kung fu yeah that's absolutely i remember hearing scott wills talk about that because he was like that that was kind of um tough as an artist 
to do because all the episodes typically started off with Jack walking through a couple of different lands and landscapes before you get to the setting of where the episode is going to be. And he's like, right. just coming up for different ones, right? Just for a quick shot was always tough. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I would like it. I would always wanted an atlas for that. world, <laughs> Yeah. Just to see where everything is or supposed to be. Cause again, again, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I don't need continuity to be that tight, but it was one of the things where that's in rewatching a lot of the episodes. It's, it's very much a, I get the Sam Samurai Jack walks all over the place, <laughs> mm-hmm. but at the same time, you know, you're, as you said, there's different landscapes for for that are just establishing shots and th- nothing really beyond that. So, I want to. I'd love to see how it's all put together. Right, right. If it is like, if it's not just like, <laughs> yeah, it was it was a cool aesthetic at the time, so that's what we ran with. So, mm-hmm. it is. I mean, that's one of the things that when I was doing the intro, sort of like you know, doing like the elevator pitch on what the show is, mm-hmm. it can sound. I think much more serialized than the show ended up being mm-hmm. right. You know what I mean? Like it can set like, like if you don't know what Samurai Jack is and you're just hearing it for the first time and you're getting a bit about like, Oh, this guy's transported to the future and the whole show revolves around him trying to get back to, to basically defeat this opponent. Right. Right. I think today's TV sensibilities would, would bear on you to go like, okay, like every episode is going to be continuation and going to the next one. And right. then there's going to be this big sprawling epic story that's going to unravel over four seasons. And the show is not that no. like there, there is, there is a, uh, when I think of, when I think of, of episodic television, like, Jack is the one that always jumps out to me. Is like, this is where it works. And this is where it's a strength because you can do whatever you want. <laughs> sure. And this, you know what I mean? And, and that's, that's one of the things I liked that it didn't, it wasn't so rigid that right. all, I mean, all it's, I mean, literally it was just like, what do we want to do this week? This sounds cool. Let's do mm-hmm. that. And then like the, the mood and the backgrounds and the music and the designs and all that stuff could just kind of like revolve around like we're, we're kind of doing like a Western this week. Right. Yeah. You know, like, or we're going to do, we're going to do like a noir. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, you know? it is, it is, it, that's one of the things about it. When, when Tommy was saying Kung Fu, it makes me think more about seventies TV and the idea that, you know, if you had a character that was, you know, like, like the Bill Bixby, Lou Ferrigno, Incredible Hulk. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. There's, you know, he's trying to control the dangerous, you know, <laughs> thing that lurks within him. That's, that's the premise. He's, he's the Hulk or the fugitive, but you know, there's an overarching story, but there's also the idea that we can tell other stories. We can tell one and done. Like we don't do a lot, mm-hmm. you know, serious television today. You don't get a lot of one and done's mm-hmm. not that no, much. You don't. Usually a lot of it is just basically, like you said, to drive the story forward and it's all connected. And you know, we have to have this mean something else down the road. But in the, in that kind of storytelling, you definitely had a lot more of, you know, helping. I mean, uh, I was trying to think avatar does it pretty well. The mm-hmm. Last Airbender. I think there's there's episodes where we get a chance to let characters breathe in situations they normally wouldn't be in. Yeah, yeah, for you sure. Know, I think I think the two like I think both shows do it really well because you get that moment of like, no, there's an interlude, and we're gonna have, um, of uh, you know, someone, so again, like someone not like you said, it's it's more so in in Samurai Jack the idea that we can do whatever we want because I don't know if you could do a Western quote unquote in avatar or, you know, robots, <laughs> you know, a robot noir story in, 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 in avatar where it's as much as like Samurai Jack lends itself to doing that. Yeah. And I just like, it just reminds me that like how gratifying that kind of TV is. Right. Because you know, there isn't, 
a lot on TV anymore, like that 70s stuff where like, yeah, like Magnum P.I. is the same in every episode and everything. Mm-hmm. And and and, um, you know, I'm, I'm not I'm, I'm not kicking serialized TV. I love that, too. And I think, you know, like that. That's why I love Avatar is the serialized aspects. But yeah, right. I mean, you don't get like you're saying a lot of standalone stuff. There's always going to be a thread someplace. Mm-hmm. now even when they try it of, of building to a bigger story but this it's like it's really the opposite there's in that original batch there's there's a handful that's sort of like the mythology vaguely like hint at something broader bigger happening mm-hmm. and this is just my theory also like and i just and i feel honestly like they didn't have a plan for that stuff they're just like this would be a cool ending to right. try to to put this in like <laughs> well, I mean, but but again, I think it, and now that I think about it more is like when I when I when I said the thing about mythology, I think a show like The X Files is another show that does it really well. Right, is yeah. the idea of like we have this overarching story of like the cigarette smoking man and the conspiracy and you know the Greys and Mulder's sister, but at the same time we're going to you know we're going to give you a story about inbred monsters in a hillbilly town. <laughs> right, you know that that while at the same time you know that kind of stuff was going on too, and I but I think. I think one of the this I, I'll put it this way. I think there's because like you see those 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 lists of like top ten episodes of standalone versus mythology, right? Mm. And I think you could easily do the same thing for Samurai Jack because you could easily have it be well. These are the episodes if you just want to watch a really cool show about a time traveling samurai that has nothing to do with the the overarching story of trying to defeat Aku. You could easily do that, mm. as well as these are the ones that you should watch if you really want to see what the through line is for this show. And I I agree with you. I think it was just like. You know, somebody rolled into their their office or you know whatever on Monday, like, "Hey, I got an idea for let's do the Battle 300. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> With Samurai Jack, you know yeah. that kind of thing. Three hundred plus, which I think was before the movie when they did that episode. Yeah. I think it was. Before mm-hmm. the I think film so too. Three hundred was possibly inspired by the comic Three Hundred. Right. Yeah. Uh, which right. was uh, well known by that point in time, but yeah. it was before yeah, the movie. <laughs> yeah, the Frank Miller comic, yeah. I think, had come out by that, but the yeah. movie had not. So you could, but that's the kind of thing I think. I think is is that aspect of of storytelling that we don't get in serialized stuff is the aspect of like let's just play around with what we're doing and see what and that, that was the thing I, I like when I think about that kind of storytelling. What I like about Samurai Jack is he's not always the focal point in those stories. Mm. Like I think it's like it's you know in, in re again rewatching episodes to talk about the, the like the three hundred plus one is what I was calling it because mm-hmm. it's out of title, <laughs> but. <laughs> The 300 plus one story, I'm like, there's a point where he's running with the phalanx and he's like part of the group, but he's not. Right. I mean, he's yeah. he's instrumental in the in the climax, but it's not like everything is about Jack. It's their story and he happens to kind of guest star in his own show. Yeah. Right. It's narrated yeah. by somebody else talking about right. their story. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's, a, that's a neat aspect I think that we don't get enough of with characters is the idea that, yeah, if you're, especially if you're world building or universe building, it's not always going to, you know, as cool as we want our main character to be, it's not always going to be a situation where that character is the one that's, you know, necessarily driving the narrative or the central plot. It did do some interesting things with stakes, though. I remember, like, the, the first episode that really got me as, like, once I was hooked, right, after I'd seen that initial batch, uh, you know, that night I was talking about on that rainy night. But when I got the DVD, when I got to episode seven, and that was the um, Jack and the Wishing Well. Right. Mm-hmm. Or AKA Jack and the three blind archers. That's the funny thing with the show too, is like they, they, the titles are just the number of the episode. And I <laughs> right. think, and I think like all the titles like got attached after the fact, right. like okay. after it had been on for a couple of years. So that one, that one, 
was called Jack and the Three Blind Archers, but that one had had sort of um and had a commentary on it. I remember listening to it uh, after I saw the episode, but there was something about that portal that felt like a genuine, honest chance, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Whereas, like, it's one of those things. It's it's like you know, we know Batman's gonna win, right? We know Superman's gonna win at the end of the story, right? Right. Like one of those things. Like like I I by that point I knew the show was like his his attempt to go back is going to be thwarted somehow, and then he's gonna continue to have to find a way. But there was something about that portal in the wishing well episode. I was like, that felt like a legit <laughs> chance, right? That felt like mm-hmm. a, a, like, Whoa, one, like he could, he could win this one. Like this feels important. It's like Gilligan almost getting off the Island. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. And then I remember, I remember listening to, to the commentary, which had uh Brian Andrews, who was a storyboard artist um, slash writer. Who's now currently a director on what if correct. I believe so. Yes. I believe. Yeah, yeah. I believe so. Yeah. yeah, I think so. It was him and his brother, I believe, Mark Andrews, who's a who's a Pixar uh, director now. Um, and they said exactly that in in the commentary. I remember they were like, "We wanted something about this episode to feel like this was this was a, a real real chance for him to go back." And I was mm-hmm. like, "That I'm like that's so nuts." Like, cause that was a hundred percent. Like, I don't know how they did it. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I really don't know how they did it, but it was like, that was the feeling I had. And then to listen to the commentary, I'm like, holy crap. Like they just said it, like, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And so every once in a while there was, an, there were attempts like that. Um, you know, and, and the other episode I was being a little vague about, but there, there's an episode where there's another portal that, that, you know, he could potentially go back, but it's guarded by a warrior. Mm-hmm. Right. And he has to defeat the warrior to to in order to get into the portal, to get access to the portal and go back and, you know, I'll spoil it. But he basically fights this guy to a stalemate and the, and the guy's like, like, you're good, Jack, you know, but you're not going to get back. You're not going to get to go back yet. Not yet. Right. And then you see like an image of Jack, like when he's really old, he's got like a crown and a long beard mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Like that's one where it's. It, like it, it hinted at like, oh, like he's going to get to go back when he's way older. Like he's going to have to do this for a long time. <laughs> right. But I don't know that they had any real plan about that. I just think that it, like, that's what I was saying. I think that that was just a cool visual that they just wanted to put in there. Right. Like, yeah, that's I a ne- cool. That's a cool way to end this episode. Let's do that. <laughs> like <laughs> I never I and, and this is not a slight in any any way at all, you know, way, shape or form. I don't think they had a plan. I just I think don't like, yeah. I, I don't feel like they had any kind of plan. I think it was just kind of like, nope, we're going to keep telling stories and we'll keep seeding stuff. And, <laughs> you know, eventually we, you know, he gets home or he doesn't. Right. Yeah. So, which is fine. It was very Looney Tunes. I think it was very Looney Tunes in that regard. <laughs> like, I think yeah. that was their model a little bit more along with 70s stuff, but just that type yeah. of storytelling where you're like, you can just put this, this character in any situation and everyone will just go along with it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I remember seeing them talk about season four because they were they were sort of like unsure if they were going to come back while they were doing season four. And then they were like, when it when it became evident that they were not coming back, they were like, well, do we want to end it? And then they were like, no, like, we don't want to rush it. Like, we don't want to we don't want to just like come up with an ending for this. Right. right? Just sort of like like, you know, uh, What's the word I'm looking for? You know, just sort of, just sort of like out, out, of, out of thin air, like be rushed to do it. So they're right. just like, no, just we're just going to slap something together. Yeah. We're just going to keep, we're just going to keep, keep it going. Like, like they're, you know, like there's going to be another episode after that and there just won't be. And they're mm-hmm. and they, they always thought like, we'll get to revisit it at some point, maybe. Right. But yeah. And, and, and I think that that's, 
Like, I respect that decision. I think that that's really, really fun. And I, I, I like that it was left unfinished for so long. About, yeah. and, and Clifton, what you were saying about like the Looney Tunes thing. And the other thing that kind of got me about Looney Tunes inspiration is I was hearing I was hearing an interview. I think it was Scott Will saying that like there's really no writers on the show. Right. Yeah. He's like the, he's like the storyboard artists or the writers. Yeah. You yeah, know? it was it was a board first show because you do get that yeah. distinction in in animation where generally speaking the action shows are going to be scripted first uh, before being aborted and then like the comedy shows will be boarded first like Dexter's Laboratory and stuff will be boarded first and that's how they write like they they spitball outline they spitball some ideas and then they storyboard an episode and that's where the gags are that's where the stuff's written. And Samurai Jack's kind of the opposite, where it's an action show, but it's a board-driven show, yeah. which is kind of the abnormal thing about it. Yeah, and all those old, like, Tom and Jerry's and Looney Tunes, like, those were all done the same way, where, like, you know, somebody was storyboarding that, that out, and then somebody would come, it was kind of like the Marvel method, and then right. somebody would come on board and then start, like, adding dialogue, right. you know, where, where it needed. Right. Um, yeah, which, I mean, it's just, it's just a super interesting way to make the show... Because when I hear Gendy talk about it, I kind of think he's talking about Batman, the animated series sometimes, hmm. right? Where he's saying, like, I just always wanted to do an action show. Right. And his his beef was like, the action shows on TV, the action cartoons, like, never had enough action. <laughs> yeah. He was like, they're always, like, so plot heavy and everything that, right. that, like, it just didn't have time in 22 minutes to get to get into, like, a lot of serious, like, fighting and, and stuff like that. Um. You know, and it, he doesn't say Batman, but that's always my feeling. I'm, I'm like, well, he's got to be talking about that because I mean, right. that show is is the closest thing I can think of. Right. It was right. the king of the <laughs> playground, like right before yeah. that. Yeah, when he was coming up, and so I just think that it's like it's it's really really fun to have that as the motivator, just to be like, I I, I like fight scenes. I'm just gonna do that. <laughs> sure. just wanna, I'm just gonna revolve a show around fight scenes. <laughs> yeah, no, that makes sense. You know, not that it not again, not that there's not a depth <laughs> to Samurai Jack, but no, you definitely get a lot of good fight scenes in it. Yeah. One thing I, that I noticed in a rewatch was just the use of sound mm-hmm. to, to establish stuff like the idea, like, you know, we need to establish a mood or a tone early on. And that, you know, it's just kind of like the the I don't know how to describe it, just the, the, the establishing sounds of like the first episode. When they have some of that stuff, when, you, when they're just showing you kind of the rebirth of Aku. You know, there's no, di- I mean, there's no dialogue in that for like the first 12, I think 11 or 12 minutes. Mm. It's all just, you know, sound effect and sound and all that stuff. And it's, it's, it's amazingly told well from just using music and sound. And yeah, yeah there's like an Aku sound effect, like an Aku magic sound effect that I can like hear perfectly in my head. I can never describe what the sound is, but like it just right. defines Samurai Jack if I were mm-hmm. to ever hear that mm-hmm. sound. Sure. That's yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Clifford is the yeah. idea that you know it's it's done and it's not it's not anything that I hear anywhere else. So right. I figure it's done. You know, it's done specifically for yeah. that. But I like that the show was disciplined also to not just have like wall to wall music all the time. Mm-hmm. Which the music is fantastic. I mean, this is one of those where like you know I I, I do on occasion buy, um, like soundtracks to things like like you know anim- animated soundtracks and everything and this is one of those like i keep hoping that you know I'll check the internet one day and see that that they're putting a samurai jack soundtrack out because i love the music but at the same time like there's there's a magic and and a fun to just 
you know, when he's walking through the grass and you're just hearing the wind, just the like mm-hmm. <laughs> and, the, and, the, yeah. and the rustling of the grass and his footsteps. And it's just it's like I, I, I can't say it enough. Like, it's just such a unique show. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, I was watching uh, in a rewatch the one with all the the it's later in the series, but with all the bounty hunters uh, mm-hmm. trying to, to okay. uh, first talk about how they individually get Jack, and then deciding like that won't work, so we got to work together. But like the sound in that one is is a drip from like an icicle onto a porch, yeah, and like that's the only sound you hear for like a like a good little portion of the the episode. There is just this drip every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, just to build up like the tension it's just like all silent yep. except for that that little steady drip yeah that's a great one that one has like different visual styles like within the episode mm-hmm. too i remember yeah i was excited to catch that episode that was a weird that was one because i watched the whole show on dvd and that was one of the ones tommy you had actually told me about that episode before i'd seen it oh really like yeah that was one that you were like that's one of my favorites i really really like this one and I, when i was when we were just talking we were at dinner or something and i was just like oh, i'm getting into samurai jack and you're like this is a really good one and yeah. it just like the season the season i think what was it four i guess the season four dvd hadn't come yeah, out yet it was season four yeah yeah no but that one i like as well and that drip that clifton was talking about earlier it also signified time right because mm-hmm. yeah, when they catch him or at least they get to him in the course of a drip is how he dispatches all of them. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, you're right with the building the tension, but when, but as soon as that drip starts and they attack them, you don't hear another drip till they're all down. Even the explosion right. that happens in the yeah. background, yeah. all in the course of a drip, you know, right. just mm-hmm. to signify how nice he is and or nice he has gotten right. over the course of being there because they don't even impede his journey <laughs> or what, what he comes across, which I, yeah, I love the episode. It just, yeah. it just, it, it signifies so many things with the story as well as how great it is. And, and what um, Frank was saying, he wasn't even the focal point of the episode. They were no, talking he, about him. He's barely in it. And yeah. when he's in it, he <laughs> takes over everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I love that episode. Does he even have a line in that? Does he even have a word of dialogue in that episode? No, he doesn't talk at all. You're right. He doesn't even talk. <laughs> yeah, do they have to pay, yeah. um, what's his name? Phil um, Lamar. Did Phil Lamar get a credit or a check for that one? He's always talking about how easy that role is because he's like, Jack doesn't talk much at all. Right. He's like, I say four <laughs> lines and then I'm done. Yeah, like, he, right. he might have he might have had some grunts, some like, yeah, like right, some sound right. effect yes. grunts. <laughs> I mean, he's great. I mean, he's great as Jack. With the, the, let's you know that was one of the things that we want we need to take about the voice acting too, because Phil right. Lamar is great. Yeah, and I and I know we were there for it at the at a convention where he was <laughs> he was having a uh, a talk in a, in a in a in a in a convention room, right? A panel, and I, yeah, in a panel, right? And I'm running. I ran into him on the way to the panel because I didn't know where the panel was, and I asked him. And he gave me a look of like exasperation, like it's right around the corner. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was a great panel because he talked about all the various roles that he had been as you know Jack and and, and uh, uh, John Stewart and all that mm-hmm. stuff. So, yeah, yeah, he's great. His take is so interesting too. I think and re- uh, really quick, I just want to say though, but that bounty hunter episode made me wish that the toy line got deeper. Mm-hmm. because i was like all of those designs are awesome i would have loved oh, to yeah. have had action figures of all of them yeah. <laughs> i just i wish they had they had gotten farther into it but um but yeah i mean the the cool thing about phil lamar from my understanding too is that like you know he, he auditioned yeah 
And I remember hearing Gendy in, in, you know, DVD extra or something or some interview I've read of him where he was like, everybody came in and auditioned the Jack and did their big heroic voice. Right. Mm-hmm. Like everybody basically was doing, I guess, like Superman. Okay. Right. You know, and then he was like, and then Phil Lamar came in and he just like, and it was even keeled and low and quiet. And he was like, that's it. Like, that's what I want. <laughs> like, you right. know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Phil Lamar's terrific. Terrific yes. in it. Yeah. Mm hmm. And then there's the uh, R.I.P. Mako. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, I didn't realize this. He was he did the intro on um, Dexter's Lab. That's how long he'd been working with. Mm-hmm. OK. Mm. Yeah. It didn't connect, you know, the intro and the, the end credits right, right before they sing in Dexter. Yeah. The, the, the low voice that just talks. Okay. That's Mako. Yeah. I, I didn't realize that's him at all. Yeah. And, and Mako is, of course, Uncle Iroh. Yeah, from yep. Avatar: The Last Airbender, and so like, so, like, uh, like uh, Aku and Iroh, such opposite characters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, it's hard to imagine they're the same person. Yeah. Yes, but both badass in their own way. Yeah. So. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> he was a fan of his because I think he he appears in Conan the Barbarian. Yeah, yeah, he's the wizard, the Schwarzenegger movie, and Gendy's yeah. a big Conan fan, big okay. Conan the Barbarian fan. I have um. On on one of the DVD panels, like he lists it, so I'll I'll read it really quick. This was like it was like a forward almost. It was on the packaging itself. It said Conan the Barbarian, The Good, The Bad, The Ugly, Star Wars, Blade Runner, Seven Samurai. These mm-hmm. were the films that I grew up on, and they were an inspiration as a kid and as an adult. And I'm like, yeah, like there it is. it's the first one, <laughs> right? Conan the Barbarian, yeah. Like, <laughs> and I'll also Maka was also Master Splinter in the. Uh, in the Imagi 2007 CGI Ninja Turtles. It's, oh, it's yeah. so underrated also. Yeah, that one but, is a good yeah, one. Yeah, it is a good one. But anytime I get to bring that movie up, I'll do it. So <laughs> I took my shot. I was going to say, did they have, I mean, they didn't really have a lot of like stunt casting for voices either, right? I mean, I recognize like, like when you get the chattier characters that are always the supporting characters, mm-hmm. I recognize some of them just from other animation stuff, mostly like okay. uh, Clancy Brown. Yeah, Clancy yeah. Brown, John DiMaggio. Gotcha. I do, I do recognize a lot of that, those type of actors. Right. The, the one I can think of, and I wouldn't even call it stunt casting, but he's the one that still makes me go like, oh, wow, is um, they had David Allen Greer. Okay. Voice. <laughs> uh, he calls himself Da Samurai, D-A, uh-huh. Da Samurai. It's right. like a season three episode. And, our, and that was one that I'm like, I'm like, he doesn't do a ton of animation. I'm sure it's not his first right cartoon that he's voiced but i'm like but he's not one he's not like you know he's not like tom kenny who who's on everything right (laughs) like you know (laughs) yeah that's a fun episode too which that's that's part of the thing i love about this show is that there are like the wishing well and blind archers episode and and the bounty hunter episode that are just that are just cool and the action's awesome and it like you know it tells a really moody story but like the one where he gets turned into a chicken, I love too. Like, <laughs> you know, like right? You know, there's an there's an episode where uh, uh, it's right after the Spartans one. It's it's like the next one they produced after the Spartans episode, and that was like this big like epic one, and I was the only one that's like all in widescreen the whole time. Right. Uh, the next one is like he fights a band of marauders and they destroy his shoes and he's trying to find new shoes. <laughs> and I love that episode. I right. freaking love that episode. And the music's so great in that one. That's kind of a joy watching it a little bit. Is that like every episode when you is like you, you didn't know what you were getting into. Right. Sure. 
you know? Well, that's the thing we, it's, you know, we were, we were texting the other day, you and I, Zach was, and I was telling you, but we were talking about the title cards on Batman, the animated series. Mm-hmm. And the idea that when we're, when rewatching these episodes of Jack, I had that moment of how different would it have been like my experience of, Oh, there's a title card for this episode for, for Samurai Jack, because you know, when, when you see him, even, I mean, granted, it's easier to do in Batman, the animated series. Cause those, you know, those, the, they, a lot of times it's something like Bane. So, you know, mm-hmm. well, what you're getting or it's Harley and Ivy or, you know, Christmas with the Joker or whatever. But this, like you said, I, I think with this, just, you know, going straight into the story or straight into establishing shot helps you as a viewer feel a little bit of what Jack feels. Yeah. Because you're off guard of like, well, what, you know, usually it's always Jack is walking into a situation or Jack is already in a situation, but the viewer doesn't have any clue because it's a future world and it can be anything. You know, I just wondered, like, if, if there was ever a conscious decision that, well, no, we don't want to throw titles in there because we don't want anyone to have an idea. Like, like for example, with the with the uh, the Spartan one, if it had been 300 plus one, well, then you might have an idea of what it was. Right. Mm, right. Yeah. And you, you might have an idea of what to lean into as opposed to, like, the, when the story just starts up and the, the, the narrator, the king is basically narrating, you don't really know for sure what you're going to get. Right. Yeah, I'm always interested in sort of like the intersection between animation and comics. And what's cool about those title cards at Batman is they they feel like covers to me, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's always how I like to think about it. And mm-hmm. and um, Jack, yeah, like, I don't think it would quite have worked with Jack. I would have said until until just this last year. Right. When Kid Cosmic came out on Netflix, which is Craig McCracken's show. And that's an interesting show that I think figured out how to do like the comic cover on screen. Okay. And, and what they do is that it starts like Samurai Jack insofar that like, it's the story, right? It's the first few minutes of the story and this is our situation. And then we go into it. And then somewhere in those first couple of minutes, there's a freeze frame, Mm, right? That looks like a cover that it's like kid cosmic and the blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Oh, okay. That's neat. I love how they did that. Right. And so that's one of those things. Yeah. I mean, I guess if Jack did something like that, maybe it could work, but I like, you know, I liked it. It just kind of, like you say, it just drops us in. Right. Cause I'm trying to think if I'm, I was trying to think about it since Tommy brought up the whole thing about Kung Fu and I'm pretty sure Kung Fu had titles. Cause that was like, you know, it was a seventies thing to have a title for the episode flash on the screen before they went into the episode. Right. So I, again, it was just one of those things where I was just thinking about how the put shows put together. I'd wondered about that. Hmm. Fun fact, Michael was in Kung Fu 2. Was he really? <laughs> oh, was yeah. he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, which is insane. Mm, he defined Gindy's childhood, apparently. Yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I just like that aspect of it, the idea that you're just sort of, you know, it's it, it's even more so when we get, it doesn't, once we get the theme and then Aku, you know, gives you, or Michael gives you the whole, <laughs> the explanation of what the show is, which I always like in my themes, mm. Um you know, once you dropped into it, like he's literally dropped through the, you know, the spiral into the, the scene, you yep. know, in the, in the, in the, in the opener. And then Will I Am takes over. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is also great too. Sure. Oh, of course. That's, it's fun. I mean, again, I, like I said before, I, I, I don't, I am a firm believer in, in themes and, and, you know, of, of having a theme for a show. Like, I don't think you need to just cut to like the neck, like whatever your show is and not have it yeah. like have credits over it. I much prefer a theme and I always love a theme that's plays what the premise is. You know, even if it like, even if it's something like going to like Batman, the animated series that you pick it up immediately, like what's going on without any, without any words or yeah. voice for that matter. Just I am the knight. That's all you need. Right. <laughs> yeah. I was just thinking more about the idea of like, would title colors work? Would they not work? I don't know. Mm. 
So, and then the idea of the covers, you know, that's a, that's a cool idea too. I like to, I'd like to check that out. Yeah. So, what are some other stand standout episodes? What are other ones that we do we like? I like the one in particular where he's walking in it. He gets different foes during different seasons. Yeah. Me too. Yeah, that Se- was a seasons great episode. of death. Yep. Yeah. Great. Yeah, they won an Emmy for that one. That was that was one of the last batch. That was one of the ones I watched on that rainy night that got okay. me. I was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Why do you why do you like that one? I'm curious. It, the imagery. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it it what it entails. It's like it's almost like four different episodes, but all based upon the scenery. I mean, everything yeah. that you like about the show is all like thrown in there, and then it all shows you what it encapsulates without actually um spoiling anything mm. you know it, it's it's a great lead-in as to what it overall uh, accomplishes and does so subtly you know great music great backgrounds engaging fight sequences and a, a you know vivid um environment yeah yeah but yeah i agree with frank i love to know how they mapped out that world though man because mm. oh yeah he walked, it seems like he walked for a whole year to gain that whole um right <laughs> <laughs> for the whole situation what i love about the seasons episode is how it makes me feel the weather of the mm. of the time period he's in, right? Like the summer the summer section, I'm like, man, that's hot. Like, I, <laughs> like I feel I feel like it's it's hot and sweltering. And then the fall one, like the colors are just so like unbelievable, like with with the leaves and stuff. And then and then I feel cold, and and it just like it does it well. It does it so well with just like drawings and sound effects. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, like, Scott Will's like that. Scott Will snow. Like I would love yep. to go anywhere that has Scott Will snows. It just yeah. looks gorgeous, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, I agree with that for sure. And it's always fun for me. Like, just I always love episodes that twenty-two minutes is not long, but I'm always impressed when you get an episode that can tell me multiple stories within that twenty-two minutes. Mm-hmm. Right, and that's that's one of those. Um, that and weirdly the bounty hunter one, like like they they feel kind of like the almost got him Batman episode, right? Which That's which I say I hate to keep bringing up Batman, but it's it's weird because like I mean it's <laughs> they they do to me have some synergy in that 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 they're both episodic in in yeah. that way, and and I think of them both as like mini films, but yeah, it is right. funny because the flip is that in in the Samurai Jack when they're talking about how they will get him. <laughs> Yeah, right. Right. how they almost did but how they yeah, would right. hope to and then right. somebody pokes a hole in it yeah <laughs> and i'm just i'm just always so impressed that like you're like you've carved out now you're telling this story in a commercial break really sure. only like you know yeah. like you're like yeah you mentioned I mean, you know, that, one, that one's four so what's your average on that six minutes less yeah i mean because you're basically having an act break for every commercial but at the same time you're trying to cram as much story i mean that's that's the economy of that show is the fact that 22 minutes is, I always felt like in 22 minutes, I got a complete story, but I also feel like it was too short. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't mean that as a slam. I don't mean that as like a negative. I just mean like, oh, we could have, I mean, there could have been more to this. There could have been, I would be, you know, I'd be happy if he stays there for another episode, whatever he's doing, but it always feels like they managed to create a little world for episode and then they moves on to the next thing. Right. You know, that was my thing about what and I noticed definitely in the rewatch was like, oh, I, I, I could have been fine if we, if we, if we explored a little bit more in the area. It's almost like a, it's almost like video game where there's like the idea that he has a main, like there's a main story and then there's a ton of side missions. Yeah. For Samurai mm-hmm. Jack. 
you know, and it's like sometimes side missions in video games are really long. And sometimes they're like, oh, you got to take this necklace to this person because they lost it. And now you found it in the bottom of a river. Right. And there's more story or there's not. So it's like one of the things where I, that's something I noticed in the rewatch was just the idea of a lot of times my favorite episodes are just the side missions. <laughs> the side quests. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. the side quests are totally what I'm into. So it's Link just trying to collect chickens for somebody. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Well, there's like a similar in in, in the 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 Spider-Man um, PS4 game. There's a, a game. There's a part where you're catching pigeons for a guy. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Because <laughs> they escaped from someone let them loose from a coop on a, on the top okay. of the rooftop in New York. So sounds fun. similar. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'd watch that as an episode or something. Yeah. If that was like a spectacular episode, I'd watch uh, that. Absolutely. Yeah. We That'd keep bringing up the bounty hunter episode, so I will point out it's season four, episode five. Okay. Which mm-hmm. the the I mean, the title they give it is The Princess and the Bounty Hunters. That's the title it was given after the fact. Yeah, it is so good. It is so, so good. So what's the, what are some other really good ones out there that, that, that we just keep coming back to? What did you guys rewatch also? Well, I mean, one that jumped out at me and I did rewatch it was the, the season three, episode nine. And, mm-hmm. and like, that is like, we can just talk about these in any order because like, that's the nature of the show. Yeah. Right. Is this stuff You can watch these shows. You can watch most of these episodes in any order you want. And it's perfectly fine. But, uh, season three, episode nine is Jack in the haunted house. Mm. Yep. Okay. And it is, uh, Jack again, you know, traveling, walking, walking the, the land. Right. I just remember that one. He takes the path, like, like he throws the stick up at the fork in the road to decide which way to go. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, <laughs> and, and and sees like a little girl and follows her to a house. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then nothing goes well at this house. Right, <laughs> right. But like what jumps out about it is that it is like we talked about them them going into different styles. We talked about them using the split screen. We talked about them doing like like uh, noirish mm-hmm. and in different tone. This one goes into this like demonic sequence that's all black and white and super abstract for a long time (laughs) for like a big piece of this episode it's very like like super abstract and like ink like black ink on white and like brush strokes and and it's depicting this house is basically possessed by spirits of Aku I think right they don't say Uh it specifically but they look kind of like like that inky, like Aku right. magic. Yeah. Uh, but they've like possessed, like taken over this house and the inhabitants, which were the little girl's family. And they're all kind of possessed by them. And, and, and Jack just has to vanquish them. And that battle is, is, is disturbing and daring, right. especially <laughs> for a cartoon at that time. Yeah. And it really, I really remember that one. Yeah. That's a great looking one too. Yeah. I remember even, even not the ad- abstract parts. That's yeah. also another one that I think, like, just normally, I think that it's just, it's, it's, it's a standout looking episode. Yeah. Just like the house and stuff like that and the, and the path he's walking down and stuff. It's very moody. Very atmospheric. Also the, also the, the zombie episode, which is like, I like, it might be the episode right before that. I can't quite remember. It's in season three, but um, yeah, he's like walking in a graveyard and, and, you know, Aku like raises the dead. Mm-hmm. And sends sends his army of zombies after Jack that he's got to like you know he just he just got a sword to take care of the problem right it's a great one <laughs> yeah do you remember the name on that one 
Uh, it's just Jack versus the zombies, I think, okay. which is what they gave. I think I, I want to say it's like episode eight of season three. Season three had a lot of good ones, like stacked on top of each other. I remember. According to Wiki, it's episode four, but okay. sometimes uh, they could be in different orders, different places. And you can watch it in whatever order you want most of the time. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't really have a lot of two parters. There's one or two, but, you know. The Birth of Evil, one which is sort of like the origin of Aku episode, also in season three. Right. Um, that's a two-parter, um, you know, centers on Jack's dad. It's a great one. That's a terrific one. But yeah, I mean, like you're saying, it's, you know, you can just kind of pick and choose whichever. The ninja one is always a fun one for me. Like, that's, a, that's an art style episode that, like, gets me every time for when he fights him. Mm-hmm. And he's like in that tower and the sunlight's coming in in a way and it's kind of creating these these stark, you know, light and shadow, you know, across the floor and everything. And right. there's ninjas hiding in the shadows. And so Jack like turns his his kimono inside out. So it's all white. And so you're just kind of you're getting kind of like a spy versus spy sequence <laughs> of it. It's so awesome looking. Yeah, that one's one of my favorites. Tommy, what did you rewatch? Uh huh. I didn't. Oh, uh, I saw the first half of um, the Birth of Evil, mm-hmm. which is a nice intro because they show three different deities. I think they showed um, Osiris. Is that the um head of the um, like the supreme ruler of um, Egyptian mythology or whatever? Odin. They show and- they show Ra and Odin. Okay. I remember. I can't remember the third one. I want to say it's Osiris. Bird it's Osiris. Okay. Yeah. And how they just attack this this creeping evil and how it drifts into space. And when it arrives at Earth, it literally kills all the dinosaurs. That's mm-hmm. how they <laughs> explain it. But no, it was it, it's almost no sound to it whatsoever. Like what <gasps> Frank was saying earlier. Kills all the dinosaurs. Oh, you just got me like Samurai Jack and Primal could be in the same <laughs> universe. Yeah, it could be. It could, definitely could be. Is that how Primal's going to end? Oh, maybe. Well, theoretically, <laughs> not, well, well, it might not be just because there's no dinosaurs around, no people around there are dinosaurs, but right. yet Primal mm-hmm. has it. So, right, right. for all we know, that could be the far future yeah. as right, far as right. Primal's concerned. But no, but oh my gosh, it, it, it was, it's just enthralling until they come to the part where uh, Jack's father is uh, tasked with the mantle of destroying this evil forest that keeps sprouting out with... Um, killer tar killing people it's almost it's it's weird how they depict death in that too because you uh, like you get used to seeing robots all the time mm. but that one is the one i can firmly remember that when things actually die like this one guy loses a chicken and screams um yeah. there's this one guy that gets stuck in the tar and he calls more people to come to pull him out and mm. instead of you seeing him pull out all they do is scream and that's it <laughs> it's yeah. just mm. like the cob there's that nice bit where he's riding in with all the other guys on the horses and then like little by little, like like his army is dwindling down until it's just him. <laughs> yeah. When he, like yeah, that, when he attacked, yeah. It's nice. It's a, nice That's a great bit. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that one. I saw the intro one mm-hmm. and I saw the chicken one. The chicken one's funny. You watch the chicken one? <laughs> the, chicken one. <laughs> yeah. the chicken one's funny because it's- how he gets out of his predicament is by as purely as chance as how he got into it. Yeah. Yeah. At what at one point he's like, oh, I guess I'm a chicken now, and then, <laughs> and then he's <laughs> slung over, like hungry, 
and but just as quickly as he got turned into a person as quickly uh, is is how quickly he got turned into a chicken but it's it's an interesting uh just like a day in a life type of situation <laughs> for him. Mm-hmm. but those are the ones that I, I got the chance of watching yeah i like the western one a lot too because it's got a it's got a quick draw mcgraw <laughs> cameo <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, that's that's something not just about that one, but something I was catching like when I watched it, but then watching it again is how much stuff they reference throughout the show, like just mm-hmm. stuff they they like specifically reference and other stuff they just kind of like hint at or just do tributes to. But like the the gangsters early on in season one, or I guess towards the, towards the latter part of season one, I feel like are supposed to be like the little short gangsters from Bugs Bunny but there's like a whole gang of them. <laughs> that's what, that's the vibe I got from that one. And like in the first episode or in this somewhere in the first three in the, the Samurai Jack movie, as it was aired, uh, Jack's riding a horse. And it's like, it's like the horse from Thundar that Ookla, yeah. that Ookla rides. Yep. Absolutely, I'm, I'm, absolutely. I'm sure that's where they were drawing it from. <laughs> yep. And I mean, there's so many things because I remember there's there's an episode and I do remember liking this episode, but I I did not get to rewatch it. So I, I don't remember the details on it, but it's got like a caper and there's a character mm-hmm. that's that's totally Jigan from Lupin the Third. Like it's yep. straight up Jigan's yeah. character design from Lupin the Third. Yeah. And I yeah. love Lupin the Third, so that easily sold me. That's a great one too. I, yeah, I remember, I, and I didn't know that. Like yeah. that was just one of my favorites <laughs> because it was like, yeah, it was it was a heist one, and it's it, it's kind of uh, and it's got like a jazzy soundtrack right. to it. And he's and in, in a fedora wearing guy. Yeah, and he's in this labyrinth, and he's trying to get this crystal. And there's and and this is also kind of like a spy versus spy, like who's gonna get it first? And I remember we were watching that one. And then you were like, oh, yeah, that guy, like, that guy's a, a Lupin reference. Yeah. And I'm like, a what? <laughs> <laughs> Anime. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. But yeah, I mean, there's there's some others, like like Chewbacca, I think, made an appearance at one point. They're a very Chewbacca-like <laughs> character. Yeah, I was just remembering some of the, like, lots of those things that would pop up. Yeah. No, they're, they're, they're fun stuff. My favorite too, though, is like uh, is the X Nine episode, Tale of uh, X Nine. That's the noir one. Oh my that god, that was the one I, I was going to mention. Okay, go for yeah. go, uh, floor no, yours. No, Take no, it. Go. No, 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 no. Go ahead. It's you. I'm, no, I'm good. no, no. I, I'll just I'll, I'll co-sign it. Go ahead. Go ahead. It's the you know everything about it. It's you know Jack Jack's not in it, right? Except for you know <laughs> a handful of shots, mm-hmm. and it's it's the story about. You know, before before Aku landed on the sort of robots that we all see in the rest of the episodes that Jack sort of like hacking the pieces with <laughs> with his sword. Right. He had he had another group of like, I'll say intelligent robots bit, that yeah. were kind of like they were kind of like hitmen and they were like they're doing his bidding for him. And this is the story of one of them who develops emotions. Right. You know, and I'll pass it off to you. So go go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> No, I just I like I you know I remember you showing this one to me because I don't think I'd seen it and it was one of those where I I like the noirish aspects of it I like the idea of this you know robots with emotions or you know a, 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 or a fun thing to play with and then there's the whole aspect of Lulu right mm-hmm. yep <laughs> which is the bulldog right yep yeah that was the object of his of his feelings that this yep. robot yes. was feeling yep this really really cartoony looking dog that yeah. so like even though it's it's this super moody and it's raining the whole time and the music's like kind of blue and it's and it's all like very 
like saturated and wet looking and then but it still has like this tongue-in-cheek like charm to it because the dog is so cartoony looking and the dog like when it's <laughs> right. when it's when it's panting when lulu's panting doing the like her tongue looks like a heart yeah <laughs> like, you know what i mean yeah it's a great design and it's i mean it's done obviously like i don't you know how could anyone not have feelings for this dog much less a robot yeah so, <laughs> so but yeah, I, I mean, I love it just because it's kind of like, you know, he's, he's he, the, I know, is, is it X9 or X49? I can't remember. Is it which one? X9. X9. Yeah. So it's always, it's the, 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 it's just, just the idea of, um, you know, being pressed into service because of the fact that the dog and then knowing full well that it's not going to end well, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. I love that one. That one's great. There's a fun reference in there too. If you're a Sonic the Hedgehog fan, <laughs> I'll just say that. <laughs> just keep, just keep an eye out. <laughs> if you rewatch that episode yeah no it's a terrific one though yeah and that, that yeah i mean uh just makes me want to sit back and just watch it all again yeah <laughs> you can't you it's know? all on hbo max yeah check it out very very true so it, it had gone for 52 episodes four seasons originally so like 2001 to 2004 was when the last one had come out and um you know we didn't hear anything for a while. That was it. That was all we thought. That was all we thought we were getting. And then 2017 comes along and we get an announcement that uh, season five is coming out on Adult Swim. So right. we will get into season five in just a second. But first, if you like the show, you can check out all of our episodes on YouTube and let me know how it is dot com. Just please, however you find us, don't forget to like it, subscribe and leave us a review. And finally, if you have any topic suggestions, send them our way on Twitter. Or in the comment section, our Twitter handle is our show's initials, L-M-K-H-I-I. All right. So, season five. Let's get into it. So, five is a bit of a different creature <laughs> yep. from the first four seasons. Sure. It went to Adult Swim mm -hmm. right. instead of Cartoon Network, and they took advantage of the, the freedom they were afforded on Adult Swim. Uh, so it definitely, it went to a mature audience, which I think is interesting because it is like, even the kids who grew up on it were probably by the time it came back, we're probably old enough to be watching adult swim right. shows just fine. Right. <laughs> so I do think that was an interesting, uh, time jump there, but, uh, yeah, I feel like, I think, I think it was uh, Zach, you had told me that they had run into some, you know, when they were developing the show of what they could do and what they couldn't do mm. and that they went with robots because it's something they could do. Like you could right. show, you could show uh, Jack just chopping up robots to like a whole episode if you want. And it's fine. Yep. yep. And no right. one cares. And nobody right. cares. <laughs> no parents get mad. Yeah. <laughs> Cause robots don't bleed. Right. But uh, once they got to adult swim, it didn't have to be robots anymore. No. <laughs> Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting choice. I the, the thing I'll say is this is a hard situation for I think any creator to be put into. Mm -hmm. Here's this thing that we made that you know very well I I think very possibly Gendy gets goes down as being known as the guy who did created Samurai Jack. Very possible. I mean, it's arguable. I mean, you know, maybe he's known for Hotel Transylvania, maybe Dexter Right. right, but I'm betting on this. I'm thinking that this is probably going to be the one that has the the real resonance, like his his legacy, his yeah. real legacy. Um, this this thing 
you know, that only seems to get more popular after you stopped making it. Mm-hmm. And my my sense is, is that like also in the intervening years, that's when the fan base sort of started leaning more and more onto like it's a story that needs to be finished. Mm-hmm. Right. And so you get you get to this 17 years later or 12 years later. Sorry, it came out in 2017. And then like, what are you going to do? And and what's the fan expectation? And how are you going to make it the same? And how are you going to make it different? And it's like it's a tightrope. It's a, you know, and the thing that I'll say that they did beautifully is the technology had changed considerably in the time. I mean, Samurai Jack was all pencil paper, Mm -hmm. right? When they were, when they were storyboarding everything and like now, you know, all of season five was all done digitally. Right. Right. You know, they did, they did all their storyboarding, everything on computers and everything. And there was such an attention, um, by Scott Wills, who I saw this in an interview too, who came back for it. And he's like, he wanted it to look still like it was handmade, like it was mm-hmm. hand painted still. And he, and he took like, like painstaking efforts to try and make the digital process look as much as possible. Like it was airbrushed. Right. You know? And I think they do a terrific job on it. I think, I think season five looks incredible. Mm. Oh you yeah. Know? It is a great looking show. Yeah. I mean, I think they look very similar though. Like, mm-hmm. You know, like there's not a whole lot. I mean, every, you know, I, I'm thinking of, of, I saw a headline today where somebody was like, how, how does the new masters of the universe, like, why doesn't it look like the original? <laughs> and I'm like, because it's made like almost 40 <laughs> years after the fact. Yeah. Right. Like <laughs> on unquestionably higher budget. Yeah. Yeah. Things have changed. So, like, yeah. 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 Cause, and also if the other thing is that filmation had a style in house that they put everything through for their life, like their, their action shows all look the same. Right. Yeah. That's another reason too. And this one's not being animated on sixes. Right. right. <laughs> well, yeah, there's that too, but yeah. And so, and so for this one to have a 12 year gap and have it look like the previous seasons and have it still be like fresh and new and not, I mean, it's just a testament to like the design they originally landed on. I think mm-hmm. that like it's right. Like that, that original, that that original style could still hold up years yeah, later yeah. and be just as good yeah so okay so so what are some other thoughts season five how, how did how did you guys i mean it is it, it feels different because mm-hmm. like clifton like you were saying like it's it's a mature show mm-hmm. right you, you see blood in this one right uh, <laughs> you know i remember i remember liking the episodes i thought the episodes were good like the particular one with the, was it the fight in the cave it's all in like it's only lit by the actual striking of the swords. Is that what yeah. I'm thinking? Right, that yeah, that yeah. episode's I love that episode. That episode's yeah. really good. I like the motorcycle bit too. I mean, we should we we should do the setup. Mm-hmm. Setup is this is it's kind of like Samurai Jack Beyond a little bit, right? Little bit. It's, it's fifty <laughs> years. It's fifty years after the fact of the last episode of Samurai Jack. He hasn't found his way back home. He's still looking, and he hasn't aged. Right? He hasn't aged. Yeah, right. right. And and yeah, that's the um, twist of it. That's the twist. Yeah, that's the twist of it. That like the time hopping is sort of like time has lost its effect on Jack. So he he looks exactly the same, even though he's fifty years older. Right. He's got a beard. He's got mm-hmm. his beard. He's lost his sword, and he's and he's lost. Right. Like uh, you know, he's he's you know, uh, as they say in the trailer, like he, he's forgotten his purpose, <laughs> <laughs> which is a great right. bit. To right. me, I saw him as a man out of time, literally. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
But while I was looking up stuff on YouTube, you know how some people like to chronologize the anniversary or talk about the behind the scenes stuff. Mm-hmm. Something that jumped out that um, I'm not sort of validity of it, but at one point, Samurai Jack was um, optioned to be a live action movie. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, it, it fell through. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the ideas that we got for the live action movie is what pushed was pushed into the se- uh, fifth season mm-hmm. of Samurai Jack. Yeah. I feel like it had also been optioned as an animated movie too yeah. before yeah. it became right too. It was, yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. It was one of the things I saw Gendy say too. Where it, yeah, it it was optioned. They tried to finish it as a movie a bunch of times. Yeah, mm. and it always fell through. And then um, he had said how this happened is he was he had some time in between projects and he was like. Well, let's finish it the way it's supposed to be done. Like, let's do it on TV. Let's kind of do like a miniseries thing and, and not not have to like it started as a TV show. Let's finish it on TV. Right. right. Um, and basically like reached out to, to Mike Lazo at Adult Swim. And, and he was like, very quickly, they, they you know, got the deal together and, it, and it's happened. Because this was one that that also like we didn't know it was happening. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Like just uh, I mean, li- literally, I mean, I can't think of many instances today where this happens, where it's like, you know, I woke up, I went to work that day and somebody at work told me, like, there's a Samurai Jack trailer that just came out. Like, it's coming back. <laughs> right. And I was like, what? Like, yes. <laughs> you know, and sure enough, it's like, yep. And, it was, and, and even then the turnaround from the trailer to it airing was like four months or something like right right you know i mean it had been in production for who knows how long before it got to a trailer that we had never heard anything about it and so i mean that was just like hugely exciting right to have it come about then um but yeah so i mean so what are are your guys thoughts of 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 the shift though of of it becoming more mature i mean it does make sense in a way that they also shift in in tone where it stops being episodic like the first four seasons Mm. like this fifth season i mean you still get the elements where each episode kind of has its own feel like like there are distinct things you can talk about in the episodes right but it is a very serialized season right whereas the others were not at all right for me it it makes for it to become you know the idea that you know you can see blood it's more mature i think it makes sense with the fact whether we're picking up with jack and the idea that you know the fact that he's like Tommy was saying he's a lost, he's lost in time, but he's more like he's lost overall. Right. Like he's lost himself in this whole mission. It's just right. been going so long. He's, he's right. it's overwhelmed him. Yeah. It's over. It's basically, it's, you know, he's just over like, like the, the wave of time has just washed over him and there's nothing he can do. Yeah. And now he's basically the fact that he's just kind of like, you know, surviving, but he's not, like you said, he's lost his purpose. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and the idea that, you know, from that, there would be a certain amount of carelessness, like not, not on, you know, just it might even be like he's just going through the fact that he just doesn't, you know, the fight has overwhelmed him and he just doesn't really, he can't really compete with it. You know, he can't really answer it anymore. Right. You know, so therefore the idea that there would be, you know, more, more mistakes or more bloodletting was not mm. surprising, you know, because it's one of those things where he's got to, you know, he's got to rediscover his path and get back on it in order to wrap things up so yeah Uh, well for me well overall what i got from it was we saw a story that wasn't really broached or approached in which he didn't have to do it alone Mm -hmm. um we don't get a love story prior to um what was shown in the fifth series 
Mm-hmm. We don't get like a sidekick in a way. We get a, a, a certain rivals like with the Scotsman. Right. But we yeah. don't get someone who um, uh, basically fights with him to achieve his goal until right. the final season. And then you get the montage of everyone he's helped in the course yeah, of yeah. the time that he's there, in which, again, it emphasized the fact of uh, it's it, it was a Herculean task to begin with, and to think that he could ever achieve that on his own, yeah. it was the futility of it. It wasn't until that he got uh, uh, various forces combined in order to achieve his goal that he actually achieves his goal. But that had to come into play after the series of stories and events that he went through. So for me, it was a bit of the story that you could have never have gotten prior to that yeah. point. And it adds new dynamics of, of storytelling that wasn't established pre- previously. That's what I liked about the uh, last season. The, the, the ally montage is great. Yeah. Too. Mm-hmm. Like that's one of my favorite bits of the fifth season. Cause it, like, it's, it's, it's a wonderful life, you know, it's like, it's, right. it, oh yeah, of you course. Know, it's, it's, it's the town coming together to help George Bailey, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, which is always great. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's also the amount of, you know, just the idea of when you consider all the, like, it's important that he, that he, I think it's one of those things where Aku doesn't ha- is, is so, even though Aku can basically, you know, knows he's going to exist in the future, the short sightedness of Aku, mm. like he's like, I'm just going to banish you to the future. And I'm not going to have to worry. I mean, I'll see you again in the future. He tells him, I'll see you again, Samurai. But the idea that he doesn't realize that by doing this, he's basically setting up his defeat. Right. You know, yeah. that's one of those, because I guess he figures, you know, I'm just going to, he's going to be so fish out of water. There's no way he's going to be. And then Jack is Jack is, you know, being the hero of the piece, you know, helps people out, does all the stuff that he does, you know, before we get to the end. So, yeah, I think it's a bit jarring. Yeah. The mature stuff, but um, it, it, can, it can sometimes have the scent of it not being the show you fell in love with. Right. But it is the show you felt you, you fell in love with in, in other ways. And, and Clifton, like you were saying, like, I like that that it does the change does symbolize like signify like a change in narrative structure and everything right. also like you know i think i think it's i think it is well done ultimately but there is like it's also one of the things where just the visuals are so close that you can forget sometimes that it's not like just a random one from season 3 <laughs> and so like w- which i which i think does make it effective right because i mean if you're going to go into mature like it is it is shocking generally genuinely like like you know like i said like you know when when he gets stabbed in his abdomen i'm like oh my god like <laughs> you know right. like you know it hits you it hits you hard any final thoughts on the show anything anything you guys are just is gonna explode out of you if, if, if you don't say well i mean i think like just we took we mentioned the the sidekick aspect of it or the journey you know someone on the journey with you and i think it's interesting like we said that, that we don't really get any of that kind of you know, romance or any of that stuff before. And so Ashi's kind of important. I think mm. I liked all the stuff they do with Ashi. I liked all the stuff with the, with the confronting everyone and, and basically breaking away from what her life was supposed to be, mm. you know, to reject all that in order to, to be with Jack is, you know, it's pretty big, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, that's important. And then are we going to talk the ending or are we just gonna let people watch it? What do you guys think? I said, let people watch it. Uh, okay. That's <laughs> us, us, us discussing it to a T kind of takes away from um people engaging it in their own experience with it so people I experiencing mean, it okay yeah yeah that's fine i mean i have my thoughts but <laughs> i can save them for another time so watch samurai jack 
watch Samurai Jack. And if you want us to discuss the ending, let us know. Sure. How about that? Yeah, I'm fine so, with that. All right. So hit us up on the comments or on Twitter. Let us know your thoughts on Samurai Jack. What do you love about it? Favorite episodes? Or if you check it out for the first time, let us know what you thought. As always, we'll post links and examples to everything we talk about on letmenowhowitis.com. So please remember to like us and follow us on social media, and we will see you next time. <laughs>